Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome, JC. Say hello to the crowd. Hello to the crowd. Hello to the crowd. We're so glad to have you with us here on this fantastic Friday. Uh, this is a show that we're actually recording, so those of you in the chat room understand we are not live. I know that's confusing sometimes, but we are actually on an airplane to Saint to Las Vegas to drive to St. George, Utah for the weekend. Don't forget, we got a big week coming up next week in Washington, Kansas, and in Missouri. Go to chrisannhall.com. K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com and see where we're going to be and join us if you can. Invite a, fa- a friend, family member, co-worker. Invite your favorite Bernie Sanders supporter. I don't have those. Invite your favorite Kamala Harris. I'm, I still can't don't say her those. name right. Uh, Kamala, Kamala? Kamala. Kamala? I don't know, man. Whatever. Invite your favorite liberal friend challenge them to because you know as we said yesterday in the show there's this new love in in the liberal agenda of the constitution so take advantage of that attraction yeah love is a strong word yeah okay attraction interest how's interest interest is probably better right discussion Mm. i would go that far well, I mean, you got some really, I mean, we talked about yesterday, you got some really uber liberal left guy writing a, uh, drawing a comic book on the Constitution. That's more than a discussion. Yeah. They have an interest in defeating <laughs> Donald Trump. Okay. Yeah, there you go. And it's a tool that they found laying on the ground. They're going to pick up and use it. That's right. I'm going to beat you with your own tool. So, JC, you know. We were talking yesterday about this Zucker schmuck. about this video with uh, Zuckerberg and what data data. No, I think he I don't think he looks like data. I think he looks more like Opie. You think he looks more like Opie data and data had a baby. Opie and data had a baby. There you go. And we were talking data about from Star Trek, the the cyborg. And he looks like <laughs> he looks like some. Robot. I'm not sure if the guy's even real. How do you? I Does was just gonna say. Exist? How do you know he's some real? AI deep fake. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. At this point in time, Graphic how do you even know? CG he could be CG. I mean, he could be deep fake. I don't think he's CJ. I'm CG. C. CIA. Is that what you meant? CIA. To say? Yeah. Right. Well. So yeah, yeah. I would. We looked at all the <laughs> garbage he was saying, but. We, let's we, let's play it because we might have several new people today that, were that weren't bizarre. with us yesterday. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and play this so that you guys can hear what he has to say, and then we'll talk about it. And and um, other media need to start doing is preparing um, the American people that um, there's nothing illegitimate about this election taking additional days or even weeks. Um, to make sure that all the votes are counted. In fact, that might be important to make sure that this is a legitimate um, and fair election. So we're going to do a, a, a bunch of different messaging around that just to make sure that people know that that's normal. So if one of the um, candidates in, in any of the races claims victory before there's um, a consensus result, 
then we're going to add some informational context to that post directly saying that um, that there, there's no consensus result yet. I, I think that this is important because there is, unfortunately, I, I think, a heightened risk of, um, of civil unrest in, in the period, you know, between, uh, between voting. I don't want to pause that right there, I JC. I swear, man, there's like some Awkward glitches stuff. and ticks. I, I, the more I listen to this guy... <laughs> The more you're convinced more he's not I actually question, real. Is this actually a human being? Right? It could be. Do you hear when he said norm, normal? Normal. Norm. It was kind of this drag. Like it the was tape, unnatural. Like the tape stretched. Like mm-hmm. the, yeah, yeah. the audio delayed. <laughs> it a bit was there. unnatural. Like, like he had a power, like a little bit of power drop in the power cells. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not convinced this guy is even human so he looks like a robot yeah he talks like a robot is this is he still alive was he ever alive so anyway we may never know but aside from that what you have is zuckerberg talking about how uh it's the media's job to control the narrative yeah it's the media's job to prevent civil unrest Notice he considers himself part of the media, right? We and other media, he says, are responsible for sending out this message and fact-checking. Right? It seems bigger than that to me. Yeah. I mean, this is is mind-boggling. This is Mark Zuckerberg. That's the name, right? Mark? Yes. First name? Yes. Zuckerschmuck. Dictating... The American election, like yeah. how this is going to go. I, it's bizarre. We'll the tell you part, when the consensus no, has the been reached. No, the first part of this clip, the interviewer sa- says, you said it's over that night. I'll, who said? Zuckerberg's? So what? What in the world? How does this not trouble people? See, this I said is- years ago, This these are the new... Robert Barons, he is the new Rockefeller, mm-hmm. right? These big social, big tech. What? Patrick what Wood, the hell place? This Patrick Wood calls them technocracy. Zuckerberg have in saying anything about the electoral process. Who is this guy? Yeah, and that's the thing that I really picked up on. JC is what? okay. He says, what if he says, what if somebody comes out and announces themselves the winner and we haven't we and we're we're not satisfied the consensus is made. He says, if they announce themselves the winner, we're going to put up over their post, over their material that a consensus has not yet been reached. So, in other words, until Mark Zuckerberg is satisfied, who is president of the United States? No information will be released about who is president of the United who States the hell until is Mark, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Are, 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 is, this is crazy. It's crazy. How is he the expert? Yeah. I, mean, I, I have long just been bothered by this notion of, of genius, expansive genius. Yeah. Somebody invents some particular thing, right? They do some thing and they do it well. And then there's they are, oh, this guy's a genius. 
No, he's what, good at one what thing. Does, right. What does that mean, genius? Like, you studied math or computer program, you're good at that, and you, you applied that knowledge to, mm-hmm. to do something and build a, a business and be successful at it. You're a genius. Right. What, what exactly is genius, then, if that's genius? No, kudos to the guy for doing what he's done. But now, all of a sudden, the guy has created some you know, tech, pl- an app, right? A global app, essentially. <laughs> and he's, a, he's this expansive genius to, we go to as some guru about the electoral process and media workings. And I mean, he calls himself media. You made a global app where people could talk to each other and post their pictures. No, but JC, really? he's what? not just claiming what to be. What freaking Alice in Wonderland no, 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 no. world are we in? He is not just claiming to be media. He is claiming to be the sole source and judge of truth. Did you notice? He said that if someone else says that uh, declares a winner and we have not determined a consensus, then we will block that information and not allow that information to come forward. And he's claiming that he and other media have a responsibility to do this. He's not just claiming this. He's claiming to be, and not just simply claiming, he is going to establish himself on his global no, app. He's the gatekeeper. As the source of truth. No, Everything else is not truth. Now, we know this because they have the fact checkers already. It's just like Gates. It's, it's yeah. the same phenomenon with Gates, right? You, you, know, you were in the right place at the right time. You had such pathetic ethics that you stole crap from people and turned it into... A tech empire, right? So, right. oh my God, genius! Now he can he can pontificate about viruses and vaccine and biology. Like, what? I it, it's mind-boggling to me. It's the same kind of thing. I, I can't help but think of Rockefeller and Morgan and uh, Rhodes and all these. All of a sudden, you've built some economic empire off a particular product, and now the gates are thrown open. For you to dictate and explain and expound at the top of your mountain about every freaking thing under the sun. And he's now like, we have to run to Zuckerberg. Look, this guy, who I don't even know who's doing this interview, but the guy, professional journalist, just just drooling at the feet of this young man. Uh, you know what? share your knowledge oh great one about the electoral system that what do you know about this mm-hmm. are you kidding i just this is mind-boggling to me yeah it, it, it it's crazy and by the way the the inner the intersection okay this is gonna maybe sound crazy but i was studying i've been studying for a couple of months the history of uh revolutionary anarchists in america because somebody made a comment the other day that Charlie Kirk couldn't answer, right? They said, well, the Tea Party, they destroyed tea, you know, just like just like us looters and rioters burning down uh, AutoZone, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. 
and I was looking at the differences. Well, you know, the, the, the T was actually involved. They targeted, like we talked about before, the actual people involved. You are burning down mom and pop businesses that have nothing to do with anything. And then the uh, another crazy thing, when you look back at, at the history of sort of property damage, let's say, when you look at the anarchist, the anarchists in the early 1900s were bombing stuff, burning stuff down, attacking. Yeah, I saw Do that you post know? you did on Instagram. That was Do pretty crazy. Do you know the majority of their targets? Do you know who it was? John D. Rockefeller. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm not saying there's a connection. I'm just saying Zuckerberg is like that. The reason why they were attacking Rockefeller is because... Because of his billions and because of his manipulation, suddenly he was taking he was electronic dictating. vehicles out of there, dictating yeah, everything had to be made by oil. Politics. Mm -hmm. He was controlling the economy. He's controlling the banks. He and here, these tech, the big tech and big social, these Google CEO, uh, Bezos, and all these folks are moving into that realm of now. They get to control and dictate mm -hmm. commerce, politics, electoral process, banks, on and on. This massive, massive influence where they have become the Rockefeller of today. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, our friend Patrick Wood talks about that in his book, Technocracy, right? So that's what he warned us about. You know, when you're talking about... But the revolutionaries are different. Now, now they're with the new Rockefeller. Yeah, now they're with Back them. in the day, they were attacking the Rockefeller. Right. Now well, he we, covers for them, and they you know, carry out the leftist Marxist agenda that he loves. We're talking about how that they're the gatekeepers and how they are the controllers of their definition of truth. And it just really brought to mind uh, Thomas Jefferson's letter to John Norville. Uh, it was actually, f the, the date is June 14th, 1807. And Thomas Jefferson writes to, to, to John Norville and says, To your request of my opinion of the manner in which a newspaper should be conducted so as to be most useful, I should answer by restraining it to true facts and sound principles only. Now, this is the, the thing that popped in my head. Yet I fear such a paper would find few subscribers. It's a melancholy truth that a suppression of the press could not more completely deprive the nation of its benefits than is done by its abandoned prostitution to falsehood. Jefferson is saying there is, n there, in his mind, there is nothing worse that the government could do to freedom of press than the press has done to itself by prostituting itself to false information for power, for money, for dollar, whatever that, you know, is. And, and that's who these people are. Zuckerberg is a prostitute for political power. Zuckerberg is a prostitute. He's either well, I think either way you look at it. Power in general, just power in general. He he seems to me. I say prostitute, but he seems to me more of the courtiers of the days of old. Right? He's the guy that follows the power king. And no, that's not Donald Trump. If you think the power king is somebody that you actually see in government. You, you, you're you not woke yet, buddy. Simply not woke yet. And so Zuckerberg, in my, in my visualization of all of this, 
is the guy who's following around the power king, you know, what can I do for you next? What can I do for you next, right? And 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 begging and for the, the bread and wanting to be a part of the party of the power king. I see this in like this movie scene, right? And that that's who Zuckerberg is. He's a useful idiot for the power king who thinks he's important. But he'll yeah. be as important as the power king needs him to be for the length of time that he needs him to be powerful. And then he'll be done if he's not already because, you know, the whole yeah. CG deep fake thing. <laughs> I just thought it was funny what he said about violence and and potential for violence and that sort of thing yeah that's why i asked do they really think it's coming or is he trying to create that reality by speaking it over and over again no i think they yeah i I believe they know it's coming but it's it's crazy they they want to frame it in you know the the right right the radical uh patriot whatever they call you know right wing gun gun nuts amosexuals um, <laughs> I've never heard that you know, one are, before. Are gonna are gonna commit violence, right? Me, just like CNN standing in front of the burning neighborhood saying peaceful protest, people peaceful protest. So, so up until now, no, as far as they they are concerned, no violence has happened. Violence is coming. Violence could happen because Trump and his crowd they're they're violent, and if he doesn't win, they're gonna be violent, right? Ignoring. What Zuckerberg does every day of his existence, he promotes violence by covering right. for the Antifa crowd and the, the radicals who are actually out there hurting people and and advocating that. They advocate violence constantly on social media. I just the other day, just what, like three days ago, you know, you've been banned from Twitter three days ago. I saw this guy who is a prominent uh antifa whatever tweets all the time and it's it's always this sort of violent implications of violence and he literally said uh, he literally talks about killing politicians he's not banned i post all the time i post a screenshot of of the the cdc CDC website and you're deplatformed and this guy is calling for killing politicians He's still on Twitter today, and and hundreds like him, hundreds of these Antifa accounts, same on Facebook, every day. They're not touched. I promise you, none of them have ever seen one of those one of those covers over any of their posts that says, you know, fake news or whatever, you know, fact check, blah blah blah. They've they've never even seen that on their pages. Only conservatives even know what that looks like. And they're they constantly spew their nonsense. So this is what Zuckerberg promotes every day, every day on his platform, as well as the rest of big social. Same thing they do every day. But and then they are constantly, steadily now spinning this narrative that, oh, they're going to get violent, going to get violent. Yeah. Uh, Violence has already been happening. And it's not it's not the right. And even. Even you look at whatever the the rad, what whatever they consider radical right or whatever, it's been in response to these crazy leftists out in the streets. I even you even watch uh, what is that? Proud Boys and Prayer, Patriot Prayer, whatever it is. Um, 
they rolled into what was it portland somewhere somewhere out there and you see them in their trucks and whatever they're carrying paintball guns i mean even those yeah paintball so meanwhile you got this lunatic just running up executing a guy here's a trump supporter we got him because he i mean this uh, supporting a political candidate you're murdering people in the street because they support a candidate you don't did like. Did you see the, this is what Zuckerberg Did you see the for. university professor who justified that? Oh, he shot a fascist, so I right. think it should be no, okay. It's, and this a university professor. A university professor Facebook. tweets out. Yeah. Tweets out. No, he shot a fascist, so in my my book that's okay. Right. Are you kidding me? But Oath Keepers groups deplatform. Who, who have never Right. Never, never advocate killing never, people. Never. Never. So I you know, so Zuckerberg uh is a total fraud. He's a liar. I I can't I can't believe the guy is so stupid that that he doesn't get this. I mean, my only conclusion cuz you, you want you can't say at the same time the dude's a genius and he's so smart and he did all this, look at his accomplishments. And then you don't understand that you're supporting sociopaths who are, calling go- who for are murder going and to violence. cut your throat. They're yeah. going to cut your throat sooner or later. So this is not ignorance. This is evil. Yeah. I believe Zuckerberg is complicit mm-hmm. in this. This yeah. is, you know, this is theater. This, oh, I'm, I'm so concerned about violence. I'm so concerned about our democracy. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. No. This is an evil person who covers for every day on his uh, product. I don't even want to call it product. I was like co-product, like he, the co-creator of a product along with other folks and entities. So every day on his platform, uh, he allows these domestic, sociopathic domestic terrorists to say whatever, do whatever, and then his cohorts on HBO and Axios and all these other leftist propagandists want to create some theater where they wring their hands and show their concern about our democracy and the potential for violence. So, JC, um, on Wednesday this week, Donald Trump made his announcement of the uh, his list of potential Supreme Court justices. And it was actually held in the diplomatic reception room. It was covered by the press. I have it up here from the uh, WhiteHouse.gov website, and I wanted to I wanted to talk about it. Uh, I wanted to talk about why this is important. I want to let everybody know really? this Saturday on Constitutional America at 7 p.m. I'm actually going to go through the Constitution, through what the framers said about the qualifications for a Supreme Court judge. What does the Constitution say? What 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 did our founders say? Those who ratified the Constitution, what did they say should be the qualification of a Supreme Court justice, right? I, I would just just out of curiosity, if you could clarify your statement, you're you're going to take you're going to say why judicial appointments are important or why this why uh, judicial this appointments are important. Okay, why judicial okay. appointments are important. OK. And why <laughs> why this is important to Donald Trump. I, okay. OK. So they're, they're two different things. But 
Not this list, per se. Not this list, per se. No, no, no. Because oh I'm goodness. of the opinion this list means nothing. No, no. So, number one, obviously, this is because there's an election coming in November. Correct. And you actually see this. I'll, I'll scroll down here at the bottom. Uh, he gives us whole thing, and he says, Joe Biden has refused to release his list, <laughs> right? So you know that this is all about the election, yes. right? So the names on this list, all right, may or may not be anybody that will ever be nominated. No, this is this is trolling for votes. Right? So I'm I'm looking through this list and I'm thinking, come on, people, right? Come on. I what whatever, right? I, I don't know. No, it's pointless to try to go go through here and evaluate anybody or give an opinion on any particular name. It, it's meaningless. I don't this think is, anybody in this, this list is ever going to be nominated for Supreme Court justice. Well, maybe, maybe not. But this is this is a poli- most most of them. You don't know which ones. That's the point. Right. Because most of most are on the list because it targets a particular state. Or a segment of voters. This is trying to draw, give people more reasons or reasons to vote for vote for Trump. Because, and and maybe this is part of what you know you're talking about. Because this is the one thing that really matters when it comes to electing a president, right? Or, or right. is the judiciary. Well, unfortunately, so it, is significant. it shouldn't matter because the president of the United States doesn't actually appoint justices. They, the president of the United States nominates them. Right. It's the Senate that appoints. So no, but you it don't should get be control of your Senate. Right. Without a nomination. And right. But it, the Senate could just simply refuse. Sure. But I'm this is. And say, look, give us this or we're not right. doing anything. Right. But this is a this is a significant yeah. thing. That oh, yeah. Absolutely. That that is generally dictated by. Who is in the White House. Well, if you put it in perspective of the Constitution, of the powers that are actually delegated to the President of the United States, this is one of them, right? So this is one of the powers that's actually delegated to the President to nominate a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. And so it is of that, because of the society that we've created today, something I'm going to talk about tomorrow, this, this, the the unconstitutional weight that we put on the judiciary mm-hmm. makes this one of the most important things that the president will do as well. Yeah. Because the judiciary, remember, is the weakest branch of the government as created by our founders, right? But I uh, another thing I wanted to look at on this this statement. There's a couple things on the statement that I wanted to look at. Remember this is, like you said, because we were talking about judicial appointments. You're like, it's all political, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm this reading list, this. Yeah, yeah this mostly list about is mostly about politics. And then I hit that thing about Joe Biden. I'm like, yeah, there you go. Or about the election. I Donald think. Trump. Yeah, about the election. Right. right. And Donald Trump's like, I got my list. Joe doesn't have his list. And I was like, all right, well, there's confirmation that this is about the election. But then, then he says... My original list of potential justices include many of our nation's brightest legal minds, such as Bill Pryor, Amy Coney Barrett, Thomas Hardiman. Outstanding people. Can you just, you need to do your Trump thing there. (laughs) Outstanding people. Just ask me, right? Like those distinguished individuals, the 20 editions I am announcing today would be the jurists, and here's the thing that caught my attention. The jurists 
in the mold of Justices Antonin Scalia, Clarence Thomas, and Samuel Alito? What names are missing from that list? The ones he just appointed. Excuse are just me? nominated. And you're going to name Samuel Alito over Kavanaugh? You're going to name Alito over Gorsuch? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, seriously, I realize that I'm a bit of a wonk as far as this goes. But I'm thinking after this whole speech that he gives up here about how we need to make sure that we have uh, justices that will faithfully uphold our Constitution as it's written, that we are America and we're exceptional because of our reverence for the impartial rule of law. When you say he, who are you referring to? This is Donald Trump's speech. Yeah. Okay, I know he didn't actually write the <laughs> this speech. This is what Donald Trump spoke. Right. This is I I know that, but but no, George but, Washington but, didn't write no, his own speeches either. No, but that's my point. Either. But that's the whole point. This but, is this is a committee, just like any speech. Because again, you know, if you're if you're true blue Q, you think Donald Trump says everything, does everything, controls everything, everything that happens in government, Donald Trump does it. Okay. Nothing okay. could be farther from I the truth. I understand all that, but I'm saying is it's a non sequitur. Okay? But there's it is a, reason a non sequitur. But there's a reason why. People but you need to have Gorsuch on the list who fits that description, and you're going to leave his name off of the jurists in the mold of? Okay. I, I I don't I realize that I'm idealistic, but it I want to know why I want to know why Gorsuch is left off the list when you're going to go through the trouble to say we need constitutionalists and then you're going to name three people that are almost sometimes constitutionalists and Alito maybe less than the other two. I'm happy to answer that question and explain to the audience why. Please. Because contrary to fantasy world, uh, this is not Donald Trump's words. No speech is ever. Donald Trump sat down and wrote a speech. Donald Trump stood up and gave a speech. Give me a break. This is a committee of people who sat down together and and created this. So there is a person a part of this process who is pro-constitution. There's another person who's a statist. There's another person who clearly understands political <laughs> maneuvering because, hey, there's a segment of Republicans who are big Scalia fans. There's another segment who are big Clarence Thomas fans. There's another segment who loved when Alito yelled out, you lied. These are popular things that press all the political buttons. This is written in no way whatsoever with the Constitution in mind. Not in the slightest. Well, obviously, a, given, the, a, obviously given the, the selections that we have this here. This is a political construct because look at what he says. My original list had this. The 20 additional names. Why at this moment do you need to add 20 additional names? 
why, first off, why do you see need that was going to be my next question? Plus potential. Do you think that you can't narrow it down? So it's totally do you think that just about he's going to resubmit Barrett? I mean, I'm no, just wondering. No. I mean, do you no. resubmit people? You can, depending but, on. I mean, what what the Senate may look like right. after the election. If there, so if Barrett is high on the list. Uh, according to all of the opinions of whatever committee is is, you know, giving the president sort of the final uh, whittle it down to these three, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so let's say the president says, you know, I like I like Amy the best. You know, she she'd be my pick. And they'd go, well, Mr. President, um, here's the composition of the Senate right now. And while she may be the the best to be on the court, she's not likely to uh, make it through confirmation. That that's how those things work. This so is, yeah, he could it could be resubmitted if they think well we got these couple of seats we have the Senate they're going to give you your pick. He yeah he could resubmit. This is interesting. This is NPR JC. Look at what NPR says. President Trump has unveiled his latest list of potential Supreme Court nominees. Uh, He says they say administration insiders concede that this list is avowedly more political than the previous three. So he's had like three lists of 20s people. Right. Uh, While the previous three lists included just one elected politician and no administration officials. This list includes three U.S. senators, all fire breathing conservative Republicans. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's. It's good on the one hand because you're it gives clarity, certainty. You don't have to guess. Here's mm-hmm. the list. This is what I'm going to be choosing yeah. from. There are probably a lot on this on the list well, that that are not and legit options that he's going to choose from. And they're, that's they're just the point. on the list because he's appealing to some district, some state, whatever. And they're, they're never going to be nominated. Some swing state, right? So yeah. yeah, so and that's why he Cruz and Howley are he probably exactly, two of those. He they're actually says, never ever be nominated. He actually says, and Trump uh, or and Biden doesn't give us his list. He says we have to know tr- in Trump's speech. It says we Biden needs to give us a list. We need to know he he's going to choose if we're going to elect him as president. So the purpose obviously of the list is to see, and and yeah. it is legit. I do think that's legit. I mean, again, th- it, there it's not that there's no like the only purpose for it is political. This clearly it's political how it's being used, but there there is a purpose in it mm-hmm. because. He gave a list before, and yeah, he drew from that list. And I th- what we're saying is everybody on this list is are not potential nominees. No, no, no. no. It, it's, so it's so a, some of you guys are really excited because your guy's there. Um, he, he may be one of the guys that, no, it's not really, it's not real. It's just for politics. Well, here's another reason why. Uh, this is a big deal because of of the issues that are coming before the Supreme Court right. in this term, right? So we've got people pushing uh, issues on the right to keep and bear arms. That's that's big coming up. We have this, uh, you know, the the abortion issue has been constantly coming up against the uh, Supreme Court. You know that. Um, Roberts, who's supposed to be the one of the pro-life justices, uh, flip-flopped during the Louisiana case, right? Which I I just 
I simply cannot wrap my brain around their Louisiana decision on abortion. I, I don't get that, but whatever. And then you have this new one coming up called Food and Drug Administration v. America College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. And basically what it is, is it's a COVID-related case. And what they're saying is the morning-after pill we want to make it available over the counter because it's too hard to get to the doctor for COVID during COVID. And the FDA is saying, no, we're not going to allow this to be available over the counter. You've got to get a subscription from a doctor. It's got to come from a doctor. So they're suing under the same guise as the uh, law students know this, the lawsuit uh, that was brought about the availability of, of um, uh, birth control. Right. And so birth control, the control of your your reproductive organs <laughs> all came about with access to the birth control. You have a constitutional right to have access to birth control. Right. So that's how that works. But this is why this is important, because given the health of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Another four years. I, you know, I mean, you got deep fake, you got CG, you got whatever. I, I just don't know how much longer they can perpetrate the ghost of, of Ruth Bader Ginsburg yeah. o- o- over all of this. So. Well, it's it's and it's important to remind people what you what you already alluded to, uh, that another piece of the puzzle, really the piece of the puzzle that people miss is the Senate. All of mm-hmm. this is meaningless if you, if you don't hold the Senate, if you don't control yeah, the Senate. If you're going to give the Senate up to to th- that list goes away to the leftist yeah then you're not gonna get a supreme court justice period no nope. i mean then and you know you can talk all you want about how you know they, they have an obligation to a point they have this that and the other but the bottom line is there is no constitutional mandate that they appoint a supreme court justice there's no constitutional mandate that uh, that says you have to have nine justices on the bench I mean, they have a whole procedure of what happens when you have four and four. So they know how to deal with that. But it, but it is well within the authority. And I will say well within the in the prerogative of the Senate to say within their check and balance to say we're not rat- we're, we're not appointing any of these people. I mean, what if you have a an Ocasio or a Kamala that's president and keeps putting up these radical Marxist judges, total lunatic activist judges, a Senate would have an obligation to say, we're not appointing these one after one after one, refusing every single one of them. Because remember the standards, the Constitution. Meaning they they have a vote to reject them or they don't have a vote at all or what? What what are you No, they have to have a vote, but they vote to reject. Okay, because it's got to be by two thirds of the Senate. So you you just simply vote to reject them. You have to hold the the stupid partisan games of not having a vote is is just a bunch of juvenile baby stuff. Right. And so you 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 say they have an obligation to hold the confirmation hearings. They have an obligation to hold the hearings, but they also have an obligation to not to vote against a judge that is obviously activist. Yeah. And I'll say you, they you have, have an obligation that. to vote against a judge that's obviously activist, even if it's a conservative activist. Yeah, you had it out with Rand Paul that many years ago yeah. uh, who, who had to 
correct himself yeah. because he he said Brennan. Uh, he was over Brennan. Yeah, Brennan. He said, yeah. "Well, it's just traditional to give the president, you know, whoever he nominates." Right. So Rand Paul essentially described it as a rubber stamp. Yeah. And and by uh, tradition, yeah, not by was, constitution, but by oh, tradition. Man, he was blasted, and he yeah. had he had to check himself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things... Um, One of the few times I've seen Rand go off the rails. That yeah. was significantly off the rails. I just wonder where that came from. Is this like a Freudian slip or something? Yeah, this is what we do, and I accidentally said it out loud. You very know? very strange. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we know how it works. We know that it doesn't work how it's supposed to work. But there are some people who should understand... That you don't work it how it works. You work it how it's supposed to yeah. work. Because he's so. a guy that'll that'll vote, you know, no on principle mm-hmm. when everybody else is going along. Yeah. So that he just was did that just, recently. He just did it yesterday, With the, yeah. I think, on the yeah. COVID relief or whatever. Right. On principle, voted right. against it. Every other Republican voted for it. Democrats voted against it. But, um, yeah, so that was, that was very odd. To be a guy who... You know, oh, I'm I'm voting on principle and totally go against the tide to then suddenly say, well, it's a tradition that we give who, whatever the president nominates. We just we just go ahead and confirm. Like, yeah. Wait a minute. That was out of left field. What are you talking about? I wanted to show because we've been talking about the press this week and I don't I'm just I, I want people to understand how powerful the press is in all of this. So I have up here once again the speech said by Donald Trump. Did you like how I said that? <laughs> the speech repeated by Donald Trump. Okay, so here is his speech. Now remember, it happened in the diplomatic reception room. There's press there. So he gives his speech, uh, rah, rah, America. And I don't know of any president who's ever written his speeches. No, George right. Washington didn't write his speeches. So, so the, it's the, not this a... This notion of everything that comes out is... This is original Trump. It's nuts. It's the same thing yeah. about this illusion that Trump drives foreign policy. Uh, no, no, he doesn't. He fights he, he, there. Listen, not to get off track, but just just a second. I because the, the whole the whole thing of, you know, tr- it's Trump, 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 Trump. It's not. We we were there. We've been to D.C. We've been inside. We talked with the administration. We talked to. Individuals in departments in this administration who were states, rights, state authority people, constitutional people, liberty people, they told us to our face. It is a battle inside every single day. They are surrounded by the deep state. Deep state holds many positions throughout this administration. And that's so true. I think even more true in the foreign policy realm President Trump does not get his way right in foreign policy all the time. I mean, you, we've seen constantly what seems like mixed messages in the area of war and, I and think foreign that's policy. The tug and war. it is the tug of the war. The mixed messages is actually the 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 manifestation Donald of the tug Trump and war. Donald Trump does not want incessant wars. He does not want unnecessary wars. But yet we've uh, you know, we've done things in the Middle East. We've done things in Yemen, the stuff with Iran and that kind of thing. 
he he is not 100% control in control of foreign policy. No. That, that is probably the area of the biggest tug of war in this administration is foreign policy. Because I, I posted on my Instagram, uh, this administration, this presidential administration, for the first time in 39 years, we haven't started a new war, entered into a new war or a new international conflict. That is a fact. Uh, and, and I think somebody commented on the post something about uh, whatever he tried to do in Iran. There was no he in my post. Mm-hmm. I said the administration, but there's that thing again that everything carried out in foreign policy is Donald Trump. If you believe that, I don't know what to tell you. That's not that is not the case. There is a tug of war in probably every policy area in this administration. It has been that way since day one. It is still that way. Well, I would say there's this a tug speech, of war. In- this speech is exempl- exemplifies that. It's a it's a hodgepodge of multiple interests coming together. It's like it's like. Uh, somebody with a multiple personality yes. syndrome. I read this thing, and it's like you, you, somebody has, uh, like I said, Donald Trump did not write this, but whoever did had had multiple personalities popping out. I, I and and that's why I can't wrap my brain around it. Right? Yeah. So he may have contributed. He certainly so made this it is his Donald own Trump. Said it, but this is Donald Trump's speech that he gave in the diplomatic reception room. At 3.45 p.m. Wednesday this week. Now, it's open to the press, right? Remarks by the president, by President Trump on judicial appointments. The whole speech is about judicial appointments, okay? They even transcribed the questions. So this is what I wanted to, to go to, the questions. Are you ready? It says, every one of these individuals will be ensured equal justice, equal treatment, and equal rights for citizens of every race, color, religion, creed. Together we will defend our righteous heritage and preserve our magnificent American way of life. Thank you. God bless America. Thank you very much. Thank you. Question. Mr. President, why did you downplay the... Okay. He says, does anybody have questions on the judges, please? I do, sir. Why did the president, anybody, on the judges, excuse me, any questions they're outstanding people very important decision very important that joe put up potential nominees i think it's a very important thing for our country that he do that okay please go ahead do you have any questions question mr president have you spoken to these candidates mr president can you address the concern from the woodward book in regards to whether Did you mislead the public by saying that you downplayed the coronavirus and that you repeatedly did that in order to reduce panic? Did you mislead the public? Where's the question about the judges? Now, Trump gets pulled into this thing because they know how to. He he should not have answered. I I know, but he did. He got pulled into this, right? And so he's, he's, he's answering this question and, uh, whatever. And they say, and another question, but Mr. President, and then he goes into all of this stuff, but Mr. President, yeah, and he goes into it and more. He says, Mr. President, did how do you reassure the American public going forward that they can trust what you're saying based on the quote-unquote downplay of COVID, right? Yeah. We are here in the middle of the, qu- the transcription of the questions, not yet one question about these judges, right? 
Respectfully, sir, your comments amounted to more than trying to reduce panic, sir. On February 7th, you told Woodward, please, please, President Trump says, it's more deadly than even your strenuous flu, the question says, but excuse me, he's he's going. But then publicly, you weren't saying, go ahead, go ahead. Look, Mr. President, don't you think if you were more forthright with American, with the American, more lives would be saved? Do you take responsibility for some of the 200,000 deaths that we've had? What does this have to do with the judges? Nothing. Nothing. Mr. President, you mentioned you were trying to avoid price gouging. This is a press conference on the judges. Where is the where is the person that's supposed to be keeping control of this? Why is Donald Trump? I, I, why is he even talking about these people? For, I'm, I'm with you, JC. I'd have been like, um, this is about judges. Yeah. This is about judicial nominations. Do okay, you have no a question? No questions about the judges. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. Nobody's got questions about the judges. Thank you very much. Thanks for We're coming. done. Thanks for coming. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I, I, I don't know. There, there should have been someone doing crowd control. And Donald Trump's usually better at that. He usually doesn't get sucked into that. I mean, he's had people kicked out, you know. So, I don't know. Anyway, what we have coming up in this election is potential Supreme Court nomination by the president, which is important. It is important, not simply because it's actually an enumerated power of the president when, you know, 98% of what he does is not. But it's important because of the exaggerated role that we've created for the Supreme Court in the United States. And as a result of that exaggerated role, the consequences of the very important issues that are coming before the Supreme Court in the next few years. Yeah, I mean, this the same thing applies to the entire federal judiciary. Yeah. I mean, you have federal judges that are going to be nominated. Yeah. Well, you have cabinet members thousand. that are going to be mean, nominated. You could have over a thousand. Just, yeah. I, mean, I think Obama had, yeah. you know, lots. Yeah. And President Trump's appointed a lot. And why it's significant is because these individuals will be in, the, in these positions for a very long time. Yeah. So. Which we'll talk about tomorrow yeah. on Constitutional America at 7 p.m. So I'm actually, JC, what I did was I took like a little segment of the class from uh, Liberty First University, the class on the judiciary, uh, just to have to do with uh, how do you determine what a constitutional nominee is supposed to look like. Yeah. And so I didn't go, I mean, I couldn't possibly go through the whole judiciary class from Liberty First University on uh, Constitutional America. The time slot's just not big enough, but... With code, with... With SCOTUS and the federal judiciary, um, because, again, because of how long these people will serve in these positions and, and uh, you the know, fact that you can't get rid of. I mean, yeah. you had there is a um, there's a standard to be held and a mechanism to remove them, but nobody ever removes them. Yeah, this even when this, they violate the standard, they right. are not removed. This particular this particular issue, I think this is the number one issue in regards to who you vote for, who is the president, right? What, what, so who, for you, does who, who this determine this? who you vote for? Um, 
all things considered? It, it is, for me, it is the most significant issue because these, these appointments, you know, combined with the Senate, but again, the, the president, the administration, the presidential administration drives this, mm-hmm. okay? The character of, of what judges <laughs> will fill these roles is a reflection of the presidential administration, right? right? Uh, and and whatever advisors and and what he's getting where he's getting this advice from, mm-hmm. and this is the one thing that shapes the nation, right? For generations, you think about where we are with Roe v. Wade, right? And many many of these major major cases that right. they that they that are taken as president yeah, be- precedent that are drawn upon for uh, legal doctrines. This is the most significant and influential thing that comes out of a presidential administration, in my you're opinion. Gonna have, you're going to have Roe v. Wade. You're going to have the right to keep and bear arms. You're even going to see a case come before the Supreme Court on free speech zones in, this next, in these next year and a half, next two years. You're going to see issues on eminent domain come through this court. I mean, this, in the next two or in the next two years, the opinions coming out of the Supreme Court could be reconstructive of our American way of life. Yeah. It, it, uh, religious whether, liberty. Yeah. Whether go- for good or bad. Yeah. Right or wrong. Yeah. Uh, proper or not. The courts shape the nation. Yeah. It's improper. Okay, it's unconstitutional. But they're it's a not fact. to have that power. But, but it, it is, a, is fact. a fact that that's how we work until we are educated enough as and united stands, enough to change how that works. Right. As it stands, the courts shape the future. Really, they, they yeah. well, they shape the present. They shape the future. Yeah, and um, so and, and like I said, was uh, you've and got they can be the, right the to destroyer keep, of your liberty, or they can be the bulwark to shield, to protect your liberty. Right to keep and bear arms, uh, abortion, uh, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. You're going to see civil rights cases being manipulated through employment. I mean, ah, and now I totally, how do do I miss the elephant in the room? COVID. You're going to see cases on mandatory vaccinations going before the Supreme Court. You're going to see it and how that court is constructed. The most important issue, yep. in, in my opinion. And, and again, uh, you know, this hinges upon the Senate. All right, guys. Controlling the Senate. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget, Constitutional America, Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right on the platform you're watching right now. Uh, watch this. Get educated so you can understand the criteria and maybe... You know, we do have the ability to reestablish the proper construction of America through its constitutional republic. We have that ability to do that, but we will never do it until we understand through proper education what the standard's supposed to be and that we have the power to demand and expect that that standard be applied. So thank you for joining us. JC and I will be in uh, Washington on Saturday, on Monday, so we will see you from the hotel room in Washington. God bless.